Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? I love this true story of blind Bartimaeus. It's, it really is one of my favorites for many reasons. But you can just hear the utter desperation in this man's voice. I don't know if, about you, but for me, it leaps off the page. I can hear his cry. I can hear his desperation. Son of David. I just love that. But here's the thing about Bartimaeus. I believe the Gospel of Mark tells us, and it reiterates, it says his name is Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. I think it's telling us this for a purpose and for a reason, because I think blind Bartimaeus was born blind. And the reason I say that is because Bartimaeus literally means son of uncleanliness. Timaeus means unclean or uncleanliness. So his name means son of uncleanliness. And we know in the Jewish culture, they believed those who were blind, that it was either their sin or their parents' sin if they were born blind. And so it was, it was well known that those who were born blind, usually there's some form of uncleanliness, various diseases, things like that. But remember in John chapter 9, when Jesus passed by and healed a blind man there, and the disciples asked him, whose sin was it? Was it the parents or was it his sin? And Jesus said, it was neither that God should be revealed in him. It was for the glory of God that that man was bl- born blind. Could you imagine? And I think in the same way, even though, to, you know, Timaeus means unclean, even though this is the son of uncleanliness, I believe that's all ordained as well. Because there is a message, as, as deep as the Bible goes, remember I've said this before, no matter how much you study the Bible, you'll never get to the end of it. <laughs> it's remarkable how deep it goes. And I think the message today in Blind Bartimaeus' story is really a message for us, for hope. It's our message. It's our story. But one thing I want to address before we go further is there's another thing about this passage that often pops up. You know, when I was first diving into studying the Word of God, I was challenged by several people of different religions that there were so many contradictions in the Bible. And they would point to, this was often one of the passages they would point to, the story of Bartimaeus. They would tell me there were all sorts of contradictions in the scripture, but every time I would dive into one of those contradictions, I would end up finding out that there wasn't a contradiction, and it would strengthen my faith. And we know this story of Bartimaeus is actually found in three of the Gospels, in the Synoptic Gospels. And you've heard that term before. Synoptic just means to see together. Literally, though, it means together sight. The Synoptic Gospels, maybe if you don't know, are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's the first three Gospels. And the reason for that is because they're very uh, similar. The Gospel of Matthew has 90% of what Mark has in his Gospel, and Luke has 50% of the Gospel of Mark in it, and they all have the parables. The Gospel of John doesn't have any of the parables, and it has different things in it. It's a different kind of a, a story, but a story, a true story nonetheless. And so the Synoptic Gospels, these three Gospels have the story of Bartimaeus in it. But over the years, people would tell me that because there's differences, there's these apparent contradictions in the stories in these different Gospels, in Matthew 20 and Luke 18 and Mark 10, 
that it proves the Bible is incorrect. It proves the Bible is just another book. And so I want to touch on this before we dive into this because I think it's important to be reminded that we can trust the Word of God. It's unlike any other book. There's no book like it because it's God-breathed. It is His Word. And you've heard me say it. If you haven't heard from God lately, open the Bible and read it out loud. It's His Word. It's the Word of God. Do we understand what that really means? Well, so I, I was studying out these contradictions myself. You know, here's what they say. In Luke, the man isn't named, but we see one blind man. In Mark here, we see he is named Bartimaeus, and there's one blind man. But in Matthew, it says there are two blind men. Now, I'll come back to that, and I'll even give you a test. Prepare. We're going to have a test today, so just prepare. Um, and it's a, it's a test. It's a logic test. You know, one thing about the Gospels that I love is that they're different accounts, the same narrative, but they vary in their description in certain areas. And that's okay. Anyone who's been in law enforcement knows, or, or let's say you've been in any kind of career field, insurance, where you have to take eyewitness testimony, you know this. Those who are in law enforcement know this. Let's say you, you roll up on a scene of the crime and you have four people to interview. You separate them, and then you interview them. And here's the thing. Each one will give you an account. Now, if they have the exact same story... That's a red flag. You know there's a cover-up going on. You know something's up. Because there is no way that four eyewitnesses will agree on every detail unless they've rehearsed it. See, that's the beautiful thing about the Gospels. We have four eyewitnesses from different variation, different accounts, different personalities. And that's how God created his word. He, he breathed it into existence. But he used men and their personalities and their viewpoints to write his word. It's incredible. There's nothing like it. And so one of the things I love about the Gospels is that they don't always agree on every detail, yet they never contradict. All of those differences can be explained. And we know not only that, the, the Bible itself, I always want to remind us of this, it's so unique that it does that. God uses the personalities and the viewpoints of the people. And he used over 40 different men to pin the Bible on three different continents over the course of more than 1,500 years. Different men from different cultures, different backgrounds, the Bible never contradicts. How is that possible? There's only one answer. <laughs> this is a book that was created outside of time. This is a book whose divine creator breathed into it these words for these men to pen. And he still used their personalities. I don't understand how it's possible, but God does. And I know it's his holy word. And yet, all of that through the scripture, there's not a single contradiction. But I want to look at these a little closer just so you have this in your arsenal, because if you get challenged about this passage or others, this is how we defend it, and this is how we understand it. We read here in Mark 10, verse 46, it tells us, now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho. Now this is another one of those differences they point at. Because in Matthew, it also says, Matthew 20, verse 29, it says, now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. So far, so good, right? But Luke 18.35 says this, Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And the King James reads it this way because I think it's closer to what's being said here. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. So not only do they say, well, one gospel says there's two blind people. Two gospels say there's only one. Then they also say two of the gospels say he was leaving Jericho. And one of the Gospels say he was arriving at Jericho. But again, you study this out, it's easy to prove. Archaeologists have proved that there were actually two cities of Jericho. There was Jericho, which was 
a major trading port, a major place of, of trade. It was right on the highway where all the travelers would come. And then there was Jericho proper, Upper Jericho. That's where Herod built his huge palace and all of these things. It was for the wealthy. And so there was a gap in between those two. And so that could easily explain what's going on here. But also, those who are Greek experts, I'm not an expert in Greek, but I study those who are. And what they say is that even a better thing is that when it says was come nigh unto Jericho, that just means he was in the area of Jericho. In the Greek language, it just means he was in the area of Jericho. And so to me, I don't stumble on things like that because I think it just literally reinforces the word of God because we have eyewitness testimonies that even though they never contradict each other, they just vary in detail. Which brings me to that second point. Get ready because we're about to have a test. Okay, two verses one. So we know two of the gospels say that it was just one man. We know that Mark says it was Bartimaeus. Luke says it was just a certain blind man. But Matthew, Mr. Every Detail, he lists two, two blind men. Now, I just want, here's the test. Ready? Get ready. Okay. So let's say we have two men up here. I bring them up here, and I won't embarrass people and bring them up here. But let's say there are two men standing here. Ready? Here's the test. Hope you're studied up. If there are two men standing there, are there at least one man? Or is there at least one man standing there? I'll wait till everybody. So if there are two men standing here, is there at least one man? Yeah. So here's the thing. That is not a contradiction. Logic tells us that if there are two men, there's at least one. Two of the Gospels focus on the one. One of the Gospels, Matthew, focuses on the two. But here's the thing. Matthew, it says this, verse 20, 29 and 30, it says, Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Hmm. Well, we need to contend with that. But first, you know how you break up a fight between two blind men? Do you know how you do that? You just yell, my money's on the one with the knife. I'll wait. So here's the thing. I know, again, I just, John, I did that for you, brother. This is, you don't understand. These, I do some of these jokes just for Jonathan. If you guys laugh, it's great. But here's the thing. Matthew, we know, his name is Levi, Levitical. Levi, from pro- probably the tribe of Levi. He knew the Levitical law, but he also knew the law of God, the law of Moses. He knew the Pentateuch in and out. And we know that the Gospel of Matthew was also written to Jewish believers in Christ. Now, one thing about that is in Deuteronomy 19, it tells us, according to the law, that one witness is not enough for a testimony. That a witness, it has to be at least two or three. Deuteronomy 19, 15, the last part of that verse says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. So, remember this. Mark and Luke are primarily written to uh, Gentile audiences. Matthew is written to a Jewish audience. No wonder he points out that second person that's there. Two witnesses. The Gospel of Mark is generally accepted as being written to Gentiles, to the Romans. And we see just one man, and he names him Bartimaeus. But again, look at this. Look at verse 46, but also look at verse 47. Because now we're going to get into the meat of this, and we're going to hear the cry of Bartimaeus. And I tell you, I can hear this cry from 2,000 years ago. It leaps off the page to me. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m.
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.